2: It's sippin' time.
3: Hey, welcome to this Sips episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. I am one of your hosts here at the table. Uh, This is good old boy Mike. Joining me here is good old boy Jason. Good to be here. Good old boy Sparky. Howdy. Good old boy Brent. Hello. Uh, The Beast. Howdy. And Made Man Bob. Always good to be here. Brent and Bob are joining us from the Bourbon Mafia, and the Beast and his wife have a blog that you'll hear a little bit more about at the end of the show. Our sip segments are all about wine, distilled spirits, tea, and coffee. Today is a very special day. We need like a theme song, almost a Barney theme song. Probably should I start whistling? No, I I don't love you, and you don't love me. We could drink wet whiskey happily. (laughs) All right. That was really bad. I'm just going to buzz myself for sure. Today is our favorite things of 2015. In the spirits world, we'll talk about our favorite whiskeys, our favorite new distilled spirits for 2015, and possibly some of our favorite places to enjoy distilled spirits in 2015 as well. Good old boy Jason gets the honors of going over our Sips rating today, talking as Juju the Clown.
4: <laughs> <laughs> what is Juju the Clown? Is Juju the Clown Jewish? I don't know. No, no. Shalom. Oh, I didn't say that. Shalom alechem.
5: <laughs> oi, oi Gavolt? <laughs> Think back to your bar mitzvah channel. Should I, should I, should I, when
3: I say it? <laughs> so the backstory is, so Jason saw he was going to have to reuse, like, Mike, I'm gonna have to use an accent today when I read the Sips episode, and I go, um, "No, I don't think so." <laughs> <laughs> it's messed up, man. That is
4: messed up. I'm just gonna channel the inner, uh, the inner clown in yourself. Yeah. What does a clown sound like? <laughs> Do you have a nose I can squeeze at least, or something? I don't know. I just
5: think of serial killers. I don't yeah, think yeah, you I want know. to go
0: there. It's just, I oh. like Krusty. Come on. <laughs>
4: for it <laughs> i got nothing i'm just gonna read them all right sips ratings number one give me a glass of water to wash out my mouth
1: water. <laughs>
4: number two nice but what else do you have
1: well isn't that
5: nice
4: number three hmm interesting what was that again
5: interesting
4: number four let's keep this secret to ourselves pour me another That's
5: classified.
4: And number five, oh my, I was unaware anything could be this good. Oh my goodness.
2: Yes,
3: yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Juju the (laughs) Clown. Well, it was another great year for distilled spirits with bourbon taking a commanding dominance of shelf space, new products, and major buzz again. Our show today reflects uh, this as we considered these highlighted products discussed on Sipset and Smokes for favorites of 2015, and we're probably going to drift away from this list very quickly. So uh, Weller 12, Yamazaki 12, Cavallon, did I say it right? Mm -hmm. Cavallon. Cavallon. After 13 episodes, I finally got it right. Sherry Cask. Hi, Wes. What, Bob? The X is silent. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) High West Midwinter's Night's Dram, Act One, Uh, Four Roses Single Barrel, Kalila, and George T. Stagg are just a few of the products that we talked about on the show this year. Bob's going to talk about uh, some other stuff we have about what we covered on the show.
0: Well, we tasted and reviewed about 50 products for 2015. Uh, So there's a little something for everyone. Uh, Some of our favorite shows from Season 3. We did the Weeder Showdown. We did one on Japanese whiskey. We did an international whiskey show, basically anything other than the U.S. and Scotland. Uh, We did a High West tasting of their range. We did a Store Barrel Blind tasting. That one was a lot of fun. Uh, We did uh, a selection of offerings from Classic Cask. Uh, best bottle for a family gathering which everyone seemed to pick the one with the highest proof I don't know <laughs> what <laughs> that's a thing in <clears throat> alcohol but um, best gift under 100 dollars and then we also did a show with uh, a Smith Bowman with airline
3: hmm. yeah really cool lineup all the way around um, and some great shows I have my favorite.
4: I'm just saying, I took my stag to Christmas again
3: this year. Well, and I love the Weeder Showdown. I thought it was a great representation of, you know, covering all things Weeder. Really great show. I really thought it was uh, one of my favorite, definitely this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, Brent, um, did you get a chance to listen to any of those shows and any that struck you that
1: you really enjoyed? Um, I like the uh, store barrel blind tasting. That one. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> they were all full of crap. <laughs> they all say, I,
4: I, 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 "I still got a lot I of those know, right." They, here, I, I'm still basking in my glory. Like over seven here.
3: months later, he's like, like "I got them all right. <laughs> I scored the highest one." I need to go back listen to the episode to declare a a winner. Re, I think we need a recount. <laughs> I need, I, I guess, so something <laughs> like that. <clears throat> uh, Beast, any of your uh, shows the favorite this year?
2: Yeah, I thought the uh, Private Barrel Pick show was great fun.
3: Yeah, it was uh, it was very interesting, and we have another blind tasting show that's coming up in uh, season four as well. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah, you're you're gonna you're gonna be stumped. Oh,
4: I'm, I'm gonna be. You stumped. are. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> just gonna start convinced. pouring different whiskey in different bottles just to mess with everybody. I'm gonna pour everybody. water
3: and everything. You'll never guess anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Brent, the uh, the trend. Uh, on increased demand for whiskey uh, in general, um, continue to rise. Will this uh, trend continue for 2016?
1: Absolutely not. No, you don't believe that, do you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> shh, shh, shh. So you're <laughs> saying the new. Ang- nope. Buying whiskey anymore? It's (laughs) no longer
3: any fun. The the new Angels Envy, uh, you know, distillery just needs to idle for a couple years. Is that what you're saying? I
5: I hear that uh, Glaze Donut Vodka is going to be really big this year. (laughs) Oh, should Probably invest heavily in that.
3: It'll go well with the uh, Rogue uh, Voodoo Donut beer. No, Uh, that's overpriced. Probably eighteen bucks a bottle too. (laughs) Sorry, Jason's learning the world of beer along with us. So, uh, what else is going to be the trend for this year? Uh, Brent.
1: Uh, The flavoring of the the barrels, that's going to be the big trend as always. You know, the and barrels, uh, you're going to see more and more of that. I think every distillery is going to jump on the opportunity to put something different out, Mm -hmm. give people a little different taste.
3: So are, are there going to be additive flavors like vodka where they'll be adding like apple and vanilla and other things, or you think that they'll just be... Components like Just, uh, Woodford Reserve, where they'll do like double oak, or uh, when you say flavored, what what do you think is going to be the trend?
1: Uh, it's tough to say, but the port the port wine barrels seems to be uh, is the one that sticks out the most right now. Hmm.
3: So elements of uh, cask finish uh, that would be infused as a flavoring component is really kind of what you're talking about there.
1: Correct. Hmm.
3: Wow.
5: I thought you were going to say it was like flavoring elements like <coughs> regret and alcoholism. Donut. And stuff. Yeah, donut. <laughs> cinnamon. Yeah. There you go. Jason's
3: favorite. Cinnamon. <laughs> Wait a sec.
5: You mean if you could combine cinnamon plus whiskey, has that been done? Equals money. Uh, oh. So, Beast, if
3: you had to pick a flavoring component, what would what would you think you're going to see this year?
2: Hmm. I'm not a fan of these flavoring components, so uh, I uh, um, I didn't say you had to like them,
5: (laughs) (laughs) but it's going to happen.
2: I don't know. Gatorade. (laughs) (laughs) Some type of energy drink whiskey, maybe bourbon (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
3: coming to a uh, store shelf near you. Crispy cream. Well, Beast, we're actually seeing a lot of distillers are actually working on a wide variety of wood types. To talk a little bit about, you know, some of the cast finish elements just then. Um, Bottling different age products, it's actually kind of getting crowded on the shelf. You know, where a lot of times you would see, hey, this is Woodford Reserve, period. You know, and all of a sudden, they got like five different versions, you know, Woodford Reserve, you know. Um, I mean, what do you see producers doing with whiskey in 2016 um, itself?
2: Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, well, I think with malt whiskey, with the Scottish producers, I think farm-to-table is going to be huge this next year. <laughs> so you see uh, Brooke Lottie and Kilhoman came up with these uh, sort of uh, – organic farm to table you know they grow the barley they distill everything on on premise and the the new mm-hmm. bruclotti Octomore that came out is just a phenomenal yeah, whiskey it's i peed that. it peed it up to 260 parts per million or something ludicrous like that um did you say you tried it already
3: i did it was awesome yeah it's amazing right i did it's i got to go to a full uh, uh um, product tasting it was really awesome and they had the Octomore there as well yeah, very cool. Yeah. It was a peat bomb, you're right. It's a peat
2: bomb, but it's balanced. <clears throat> but I think when people are really controlling the every aspect of production and growing their own grains and uh, doing the whole thing, and, and uh, also from a marketing perspective, they're all into this um, you know, sort of boutique uh, farm-to-table thing that, that we're going to see that spreading around. And I think it's cool. I mean, they, they tend to be a little expensive for, for the age and everything, but they obviously take a lot of care into it. So that's cool. Yeah. Hmm. Um, in American whiskey, I'm I'm going to call 2016 the proof is in the pudding. So you got a lot of of uh, people who've been sourcing whiskey, kind of planning to release their own their own distillate, their own stocks mm. now, right? So <clears throat> Willett's coming out with their own stuff. Smooth Ambler's coming out with their own stuff. I think Michter's is planning to maybe later in the year start High to w- mix in some of their own stuff. High West. Uh, you, you guys could probably name a couple more.
3: Yeah, High West.
2: High West. Yeah. So this is going to be interesting. Um, I got to taste a bunch of the Willet stock that has not been released yet. Um, they have a weeded bourbon. They have a high rye bourbon. They've released the rye already. Some people might say a little prematurely, but it's an interesting product. And uh, so people are used to this really high quality, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten year source whiskey coming out of these guys, and they're going to have to, you know, the proof's in the pudding. They're going to release their own stuff, and, and we'll see what happens there, Um the other thing I think is we're just going to see attack of the weeders. I think everybody is going to make a big stink if they have a, a weeded whiskey, um, and all of those brands I just mentioned are all planning to come out with weeded whiskeys. Um, Smooth Ambler's doing a, raw, a 50% rye and wheat, which is interesting. Um, Willett has a weeded bourbon. There's a, there's a couple of other craft distillers that are coming out with weeded bourbons. So I think about you know four or five years ago when the when the Van Winkle explosion happened everybody was like "Ooh, we did whiskey and everybody started making them and now they're sort of coming of age or almost of age and so we're just going to see a, a flood of those types of products too mm.
3: well we we were actually talking about that uh, will it rye um you know before the show
4: yeah it's a little young <laughs> <laughs> but i wanted to touch on something just really fast so a quick trend that i see coming um, that I don't think a lot of people have talked about Is kind of crossover between spirits And other realms So not only beer Which we're starting to see a little bit
3: Voodoo of Voodoo, donut, whiskey where,
4: Exactly <laughs> Where, where <the laughs> Sparky's shaking his head next to me Going, this shouldn't happen <laughs> but, <Abomination>. you're, <laughs> but you're seeing where whiskey Is um, aged in a barrel They give the barrel to a brewery And then the brewery gives it back to the whiskey manufacturer To age whiskey in it But what I think you're going to start to see is some very interesting barrel uses, whether it's aging peppers and then put whiskey in it, whether it's aging wine and then putting whiskey in it, whatever. I think you're going to start seeing some really unique, different products, especially in the beer world, because there's a lot of unique flavors in beer that does cross over into whiskey. So I think that's a big trend that you're going to see. And then... Not only is wheat going to make a huge resurgence, but I think rye is about to get on fire. I mean, everybody knows about... Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hit that button. (laughs) 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 Well, everybody knows about um, LDI MGP rye, but I think you're about to start seeing a lot more sources of rye come out from across the United States. So I I would look out for a lot of rye.
3: Yeah, that whistle pig, definitely. Yeah. Well, um, let's jump right into some of our uh, favorite products for uh, 2015. Uh, Each of us has uh, selected our favorite product to talk about today. And up first is going to be good old boy Jason.
4: All right. So I picked a product that most of our listeners had probably heard of at one point or another. But for some reason, this one just did some incredible things for me this year. And my product this year is going to be Booker's. Um, Booker's was always a go-to whiskey for me. Uh, You can find it on the shelf, it's not allocated, but they did something very different and unique this year. They took it from pretty large batches to where there was no quality control over batch, they pretty much just pulled stuff at random, to where they made batch numbers. And each batch number is labeled with a nice sticker and it tells you the date, it was bottled, the age of the whiskey and the proof. And I, I really like this process. I really like giving people more information so that they can find something they like and then buy a lot of it if they like it. And uh, my favorite quote about Booker's is um, when uh, Booker retired, he told Fred, Fred, make sure they don't mess with my Booker's. Anything else, I don't care.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I thought that was a good line. And do you think it was real or some marketing shtick?
4: No, I think it's real. I mean... You know, long story short, my family's been doing business with uh, Jim Beam for uh, four generations, and I can tell you—I mean, Booker, like that's what he drank. He drank Bookers. That he likes cash strength whiskey, and he doesn't ever want it to be filtered. Hmm. He doesn't ever want it to be watered down at all.
3: Hmm. Is there a particular batch that you really loved out of this year? You know, one of my favorites was a
4: batch called B- uh, Big Man Small Batch. Um, it was one of the round table ones. So basically, what they're doing is sometimes. Uh, Fred's picking a batch himself, and then sometimes they do a round table tasting where they bring over a bunch of people, taste through, and they collectively decide how to bottle and blend a product. And it was one of the round table ones, and I thought it was pretty incredible. Mm, Cool. And like I said, easily available.
3: So I'm curious, have you ever blended on the back end uh, between batches? You know, I actually have not. That
4: would be something really interesting to do. Added some water. Yeah.
5: Well, <laughs> no. I do not what, add what water. if it was uh, what if it was amazing limestone water. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Harvested from a field in Kentucky. Yep. So
3: we're actually have some bookers here at the table we're enjoying and watering down in front of Jason as to he to gasp every time I, I drop, put a drop or two in.
0: <laughs> Absolutely strangle you if he saw you doing
3: that. <laughs> Uh, so, any of you guys uh, had bookers uh, or this year or any of these batches and had a comment or two about it?
1: <clears throat> Nobody. I like, to, I like the new round table. That's the first edition of the round table. It's it's very good. Hmm. It's not a Booker's twenty fifth, but it's very good. Oh, the Booker's twenty fifth was stellar.
3: Yeah, good. I have to say that is a really good. That was a that great, great product.
1: product. Yeah, unfortunately, it's so
0: so limited. Yeah,
5: yeah, a little I didn't stash too. Any
0: of those? <clears throat> Definitely the next thing about Booker's is you can get it in pretty much just about any market. It's it's relatively easily accessible, and you know it's one of those things. There's always one or two products in any hobby like this that is sort of the gateway drug that gets everybody in. <laughs> and, and then not, um, bourbon guys, you know, when I talk to them, especially newbies, we, Brent and I run a whiskey society down here in Fort Lauderdale, and you'll get new guys come in and, and they'll say, well, you know, I was just drinking you know, this squalid brown water uh, most of my life and mixing it with Coke. And then I tried this one. It was really neat. It was in this big wooden box. It was called Booker's And there wow, that know. just open my eyes and you know it's always it's a solid pour i mean mm. i've never had a bookers that wasn't a good solid pour and and some of the round table ones are are really just mm. really excellent it shows you what jim beam can do <clears throat> focus on trying to make a you know not trying to make a, an ocean of bourbon like they do every day god bless them they're making a lot of money uh but when they really want to make something that good they absolutely can
3: Mm-hmm. Any of you guys want to rate the Booker's that we have here or offer up your tasting notes? We have one here. It's a 124 proof, mm-hmm. which was not one of the batches. No, uh, this, this, is was a right, this was right before the batches. <clears throat> yeah. I mean,
4: it's still great. I
3: mean, Booker's yeah. is always great. So this is a heavily blended product, not a single barrel, single batch, you know. So...
4: I mean, I always give Booker's a five. I mean, I just do. That? It's just, oh my it's just so approachable. You know, yeah. it's so funny. You go and you search for all these whales that are cash strength. They're impossible to find, and then you just go back. You pour yourself a glass of Booker's, and you're just like, you know, this is this is pretty darn good.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, awesome. So we're out of the shoot with uh, one person offering up their favorite products for 2015. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll be right back with Bob and his top picks for 2015. Hey, welcome back to Sips, Suds, and Smokes. Today is our best of 2015 show. We have a lot of great stuff that we're talking about that we've had both on the show as well as outside the show. Uh, Several of our co-hosts from season three have joined me to talk about some of their favorite things this year. Now, up next is Made Man Bob to talk about his favorite product for 2015. Take it away, Bob.
0: It was it was definitely a hard pick for me because we had some really excellent whiskeys, um, but I narrowed it I narrowed it down to two. Um, one, the Cavalon Sherry Cast Soloist, um, is just a phenomenal, phenomenal whiskey. Uh, absolutely, uh, happy to drink that every day for the rest of my life. Um, the other is my all time favorite, the George T. Stag, wow. and um, I have to give it. I have to reach the stag for two reasons. One, that's my all-time favorite, and two, uh, I could reach that one. The uh, the Kabbalan is up on the top shelf, and I don't have a step stool to reach it. So I'm going to go with the. Stag. Oh, you're going to go with the stag? Is that what you said? I can reach. Hey, I'm I'm five seven. Come on, um, it's you know the, the the people on the internet every year greatly anticipate the release of the antique series, and then they will just round and round and round discuss this year was not as good as that year 12 years ago and they'll go back and forth and yeah there's there's some variation from year to year but every year it's just so on point I mean it's just it's a it's a real if you if you like a heavy bourbon if you're a real bourbon geek this is like a <clears throat> bricks to the teeth every year uh, just hints of chocolate. Black cherries, vanilla—just you know—a a stunning, stunning whiskey. Every year, we're uh, we're sitting here drinking the uh, 142.6. six. Um, yeah, it's hot, but uh, the, you know the flavor holds up through that proof. Um, I give it a five.
4: Oh my goodness! Yes, yes,
3: yes, yes. So, have you had the 2015? <clears throat> You're talking about yeah. yeah, yeah. If you have the 2015, Jason. I I'm I have
4: gotten to try it and it is absolutely incredible. I mean, I always say if I have to take one bottle with me to an island for the rest of my life, it's gonna be Stag. Yeah. It will just kick your butt every single time, and I love it.
5: I like I mean, how the, you don't I, have to brush I, your teeth afterwards because uh, it just eats everything out of your mouth too. That's <laughs> tastes great, destroys yeah. everything. Uh-huh.
0: It's the one you finish with. It's, if you're at a scotch tasting, you don't drink the Islas up front. If you're at a bourbon tasting, you wait until the end of the night for the stag. So.
2: Beast, do you have the 2015? I'm not, I've not gotten any of the antiques from 2015. Ooh. Cry for me.
3: I, we are, definitely. <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: Sure, <laughs>
3: <laughs>
5: <rub it> <laughs> I agree. Seek the holy grail.
3: Absolutely. It felt like that at every moment chasing uh BTAC this year, didn't it? I didn't I didn't uh, I didn't acquire any, although I did taste the uh uh George T Stag 2015 this year. Great offering. Um, you know, I think for I do the thing I love about that product is it's approachable. <clears throat> and I really enjoy The ability, I can probably put it in somebody's hand that they have no idea what they're tasting. You go, that's pretty good. I go, yeah. So, um, good luck on getting it. When they
4: catch their breath 30 seconds later. Yeah. Oh,
2: that's pretty good. I will will say, though, I've always been a a William LaRue Weller guy. That's always been my favorite of the bunch. And I am as well out Mm.
3: of the BTAC. Yeah. Another bottle I did not acquire this year. So, still, I know. Jason's laughing at me, going, he saw the chase go down. He was like, I'm rooting for you, Mike. Yeah, so we both got host.
4: I drank mine on premise. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Even better. Find that See, bar that's got wait.
4: it for $15 a pour, and then go drink the whole bottle.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, um, I had some really great stuff uh, this year, um, and I wanted to talk about nine, my top pick for uh, 2015. My top pick is going to be Heaven Hill Select Stock. Uh, is the product that I had uh, picked for my favorite product? So you may not be quite familiar with this product. Uh, Heaven Hill Select Stock is a weeded eight-year um, bourbon in cognac. It is a weeded uh, product. I said I think I said weeded two or three times there.
5: Does it have wheat in it?
3: <coughs> I think it does. Okay. <laughs> uh, I can. Anybody likes more wheat? Absolutely. Yes, I would. Speak of. Yeah. Uh, you know, I found myself. Um, picking this up more and more every time i went back to bardstown this year and it was interesting as we were all kind of arriving for the episode everybody was really curious about what we picked and i kind of used very simple you know math about figuring out what i picked for my favorite product which is this is one bottle i finished from start to finish this year i mean i went through the whole bottle and actually then some of a second bottle so i cannot deny something i just go back to time and time again um you know, I just, I love drinking uh, this bourbon. I really love sharing this bourbon. Um, that's the one thing I found myself doing quite a bit of with this is, hey, have you ever tried this before? And, you know, offering it up to a wide variety of people. So this year I actually declared myself a weeder lover. How about that? A new point of epiphany. I know, everybody's in grand applause. <laughs>
0: <Sure>. <laughs> it's just it's news-
3: <clears throat> Except that I, uh, I add water, is that what you said, Bob?
0: No, you, you share it like Gollum shares his ring. You ah, that's <laughs> right. I just don't touch it, my precious. Two much for you. Uh,
3: <laughs> so I think it, it's actually more of a gentle uh, palate shortcoming. As products with lots of pepper and spice are really just not always my favorite. Rye beer, pepper beer, rye whiskey, big California uh, cabs with bell peppers. <laughs> Um, spicy pepper cigars, all these things just really don't do it for me in general. I like these products a lot, but, you know, I like them when they're in really great harmony, you know, with other flavors that are kind of going on. Um, but all too many uh, times, um, you know, I've found these products, the pepper and the spice just completely takes my palate over. I don't know if it's some sensitivity, you know, that I have for, you know, spices in general, but, um... That's why uh, many of you, where that is not the case, are on the (laughs) show. It's to help balance things out. So um, that's what I really love about all the hosts that are on the show is, um, you know, I think we own up to things that we really like or, you know, that we're kind of have a natural disposition towards. But at the same time, I think we're always kind of rooting for that weak side, you know, of some things. So I'm always looking for, you know, that rye that I really love. Like, um, few. Uh, it makes a ride that I really like, um, but they, make
2: some
3: they do. Yeah, well, Heaven Hill Select stock is only available at the Burbage Heritage Center uh, for the most part. I have seen it in some retail stores every now and then, um, but I don't know if that's some people that are just—I don't know if that's legal. I don't, I don't know <laughs> either. Uh, I, I just. Le- he- it's
0: if, a fancy word. Come on. If you, if you, uh, <laughs> Aren't there agree. some
3: lawyers on this show?
0: Uh, negative. At the uh, <laughs> tasting the,
5: center I, at the Heaven Hill uh, Heritage Center, yep. they'll, that's part of their tasting flight, too. So you can actually try it out there as well, too. Yep. So this uh, is a barrel-proof
3: product. It's shipped at 124.4 proof. It's uh, definitely single barrel. Um, again, it's an eight-year weeded bourbon that's actually finished in cognac cast for 32 months. That's a long time in cognac. Um, so on the nose, uh, there's lots of brown sugar and fruit and dark cherry and plum and melon and smoke. Uh, the cognac notes uh, tend to kind of linger on the nose and are always present in the palate. Uh, this bourbon has a bit of a rough start, uh, even for a bourbon, a barrel proof whiskey. Um, did I point out the long uh, cask cognac finish? I love that. I really do. <laughs> Um, so after, have, have, I'm sorry, Bob, what does it have weed in it? Uh, it definitely has weed in it. So, <laughs> so um, it making sure. yep. After that initial uh, burn kind of subsides, the fact that you're drinking a ber- uh, barrel aged product, I actually get kind of sweet oak, brown sugar and fruit, which were some of the things you kind of picked up on the nose as well. <clears throat> There's this long oaky fruity finish. Adding water adds a little toffee sweetness to it. Um, and I, and for me, it's a two finger pour, a, uh, <laughs> a one cube of ice, uh, please don't gasp Jason, <laughs> or some cold water. And, um, basically I'm in heaven, uh, for sure. While this has been available for about a year, I'm not quite sure how long it's going to be available. Um, I just know that I always look forward to finishing the next bottle of this. Uh, my, my sips rating for select stock is a five as well.
0: Oh my goodness!
3: Yes. 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 So I actually brought a little of this to share uh, in the uh, in the main studio today. Um, mm, yummy! Oh, he says yummy. Mm.
5: I feel much better about life now. Thank you, Mike.
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> Would you like some water, Jason? No, <laughs> straight. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so, add a little seltzer to that, perhaps? Huh? Any mm-hmm. any little
3: bubbles with my whiskey? Any uh, tasting notes you guys
5: want to <laughs> offer up? Well, I'm a sucker for cognac, too, so, I mean, if you marry weed of bourbon with cognac, I think that's a win-win. Mm. But it does go on for, like, 15 minutes if you let it. Yeah. I accidentally
4: drank all of mine.
5: I think there's a hole in your cup. Or <laughs> I don't know what happened Wanted to the, it. I it. I it was mean, an accident. It just, like, kind of disappeared. <laughs> it evaporates very quickly, folks. So you got to <laughs> drink it fast. I
3: agree. That is definitely a pro- very common problem I find with this product. Uh, you guys want to offer up any of your Sips ratings for this? I'm I'm comfortable with a five on that one. Oh, a five as well for oh Sparky. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How about yeah. it, Jason?
4: I'd give this a solid five also. Oh, it's
3: five oh as well. Yeah. Damn, I solid.
4: will offer one piece of information. I now know where all the old Fitzgerald went, though. I, I think that's what this you is. You think this oh. is old Fitz? This huh? is old Fitz. I think this is that 1849 yeah. that they DC'd. I think this is exactly where it all went.
3: Huh? Uh, or do you think that it's the same juice that they just... Finished off in cognac. Do you think that's yeah. really what's going on now? I really
4: think that's what's going on. I think oh. they uh, branded the Larceny as a four-year-old a low-end weeder to go after Weller. And I think that they uh, did this with some of their old stock to uh, sell some cool stuff at the gift shop.
3: Not a bad guess at all. Well, let's move on right down the road in more than one ways uh, than one. Beast is up next with his top pick for 2015, which is right around the corner from Heaven Hill.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Mike. So, <clears throat> I've been writing this blog for about three years now, a little over three years, and my day job is in uh, it's at a tech company downtown Manhattan. And I'd never done any crossover between whiskey and work. So this year, for I, I decided to do a little holiday party and throw my first like work whiskey tasting. So I just went absolutely hog wild on it. I wanted to just throw up stuff that I knew nobody, especially in New York, could ever get their hands on at all. So I did. Um, the, the Four Roses Small Batch 2015, which I thought was one of the greatest whiskeys this year. Um, the Smooth Ambler, they did this gift shop 10-year single barrel rye release, which was sold out in like four hours. Um, got my hands on one of those. The Heaven Hill, uh, William Heaven Hill Hazmat 144.6 proof 15-year bourbon. And the Willet C22D, this 22-year weeder. Um, so like... Where else do you get an office holiday party with that lineup?
5: <laughs> my invite get lost. Can I uh can I come work for your company? I'm available at any time.
2: We are we are hiring. Excellent. Uh, none, none of you though. Um, I can, I can drink. <laughs> I take out the trash pretty good.
5: I'm semi-literate and have so, almost all of my teeth. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Keyword almost. I'll, I can vouch for that. <laughs>
2: So I, I expected – not every not everybody there was a whiskey nut. I expected the Four Roses to, to sweep, right? Because this is the most approachable, delicious – You know, they were all pretty much cast-strength bourbons. But um, I figured the Four Roses would sweep. Interestingly, the William Evan Hill actually got the most votes. In a plurality, won the tasting, which I did not – that was the last thing I expected because it's this crazy hazmat, 145-proof monster. Um, I was smart enough to, to leave that – to pop that bottle – do a little quality control on it and leave it open for about a month before the tasting, which made a huge difference. Do not drink that bottle. Do not finish that bottle when you open it, or you're completely wasting it. But after a month with a little air in there, it really does open up to something really, really interesting. Um, but for me, that Willet Weeder was just the best whiskey of the year. Um, I mean, 22 year, 137 proof. Um, just so much oak and so much—I don't know how you describe. I, I'm struggling to describe a really great weeded whiskey. The only word I can come heaven. up with is kind of kind of punchy. It's got that punchy thing to it. Um, but it's just delicious. I mean, everything you look for, vanilla, uh, big wood, kind of big baking spices and sweetness. And i and just drink that all day if I could get my hands on it. I was lucky enough for a buddy of mine to go to the gift shop on that one day that it was there and pick up a bottle and send it to me. Um, and... Uh, that's my whiskey of the year. It's clearly a five. I think probably all of these are a five, but uh, that one just just kind of rocked my world. So, oh
5: my if, anybody's, yeah. if anybody's
2: sitting on a case of Willet, shoot me over yeah. a couple. <laughs> well,
3: we've uh, we've all enjoyed uh, interesting moments with uh, Willet Family Estate, um, as well as just it's been very interesting about the availability and distribution of what's kind of going down with a lot of these products. So. Uh, so for those that, uh, may not have a point of awareness, these, uh, these products from Willet and you guys check me up and correct me anything I'm saying dead wrong here, which I know I'm going to bust some of this. So I know that, uh, most of the 20 plus year products from Willet one, their provenance is not always the same. You have no idea what the juice is. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of speculation on, where it comes from and whose it is and, you know, a lot of things that kind of interesting background. So uh, each of these are 20 plus years. There's like a, uh, usually a 20 year, 22 year. There's actually a 24 year that gets released in the series. They release it by barrel number. <clears throat> um, and it's a combination of, they release the vast majority of it now only through the gift shop at, uh, Willett distillery, but there are store barrels uh, that have been purchased and um, get regularly shipped um, to a few places. I know that uh, one was Astor in New York City <clears throat> had a really great barrel that they picked up on and they distributed there. A lot of it finds its way to uh, Japan um, is another regular uh, destination where, well, it actually is—you uh, can find it outside the U.S. Um, but. It's just been very interesting. There have been a regular group of these 20-plus barrels that have been released on a monthly basis, and um, it's uh, literally like somebody lit something on fire, and the whole barrel sells out usually in about two or three hours. And I've actually gotten swept up in some of the... uh, craziness of, of charging up to Bardstown and trying to get there before the masses get there and, and scoop everything up.
5: Is that why you've got an eye patch? Because <laughs> it wasn't like that. That's a new thing, right? It's a right? new disposition for yeah.
3: me. Yeah. All right. Yep. Things well, got I, all rough. Well, I know that Jason's collected quite a few of these uh, bottles as well.
4: Yeah, I have. And I'll tell you... <clears throat> I, I personally think that these weeders were better when they were a little bit younger. I'm not the fan of the 22s as much as I was the 21s and before. Um, I can tell you that the price that they're selling them at the gift shop has pretty much uh, just gone overboard. I mean, these are $500 a bottle now. I mean, that makes them just pretty much unreachable for 99% of the market. So do they have their place yes are they good yes is it 500 dollars good i don't really think anything is 500 dollars good so I, I think that you can find some stuff that's better at that price point however they are really good they do have their place i think they're you know i think they get great scores and i think they deserve it but i think they need to tone that price down
3: a little bit
2: hmm. Interesting. i agree with that the, the, the 22 when it came out was half that so that must be a pretty recent jump um to 500 yeah that's tough
3: yeah, I don't think it's moved to, it hasn't moved to 500 at the gift shop. It's still around 300 Oh,
2: they're, yeah, they're fours
4: and fives now. Huh? From, from my understanding, well, on the maybe I'm wrong.
3: On the
2: secondary market. Yeah. Yeah. Know, yeah. The, the, the latest Aster was, but was $499, yeah, too. They're, so they're maybe yeah, they $500. Really? Yeah. Huh. Hmm. I'm, it
5: used I, but, to be just available in stores down here, though, right? I mean, that's I picked up like a 17 or 18 couple of years ago, right? Yeah,
3: a couple of years ago. That was when that, you know, was the case. But welcome to the uh, new world for sure. Yeah, great juice. Well, listen, uh, let's move right along. We have some more uh, favorite products to talk about for this year. Up next is good old boy Brent, who's joining us today for the first time. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about his favorite products for 2015. Take it away, Brent.
1: Okay, well, I'm going to go a little different direction because you guys are all going high end on stuff that you can't get in the stores. So I'm going to go with the Knob Creek Single Barrel 120 uh, a Private Pick. Ah. Huh.
3: Yeah, and it uh, was also on our uh, store bill uh, show as well. We had Knob Creek on there, right? Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. we did. Yeah, You tried
1: to pull yeah. a fast yeah.
3: one on me on that uh, one. Absolutely.
1: Well, it's something that everybody can get if they look hard enough in their town, you know, at a local store or something like that. And it's uh, phenomenal juice. It's you know, a lot of those uh, barrel picks. I'm very partial to them right now. Is something different for something that people can't find because when people go out, they're not going to get the Heaven Hill Select Stock, the George Stag, the you know all these other things. They're not going to find that, but they may be able to find these store picks, and that's what I'm going to stick with. And this, the Knob Creek 120, uh, a couple of those picks that I've tried, phenomenal absolutely off the shelf hmm.
3: yeah great uh, great choice now do we uh, we had the was it the 100 or 120 proof it was on the store barrel anybody remember I, I want to say it was the hundred for some reason
4: I thought it was the 120 and you put in the 100 to try to that's s- mess what with I
3: did us. yeah I I, kind yeah. Of, I did something like that yeah yeah it was really lame
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the one twenty is uh, definitely, definitely off the shelf. Good.
3: I agree, uh, and so I think that's uh, you know one trend that uh, we did not talk about, which is a lot of people that are kind of trending towards uh, shipping their products that are uh, more cast strength or at least a higher proof than ninety proof. And here's a great example where. Knob Creek has been generally available only at 90 proof for a long time. I don't know, eight years, something like that. 100 proof. 100 proof, always. Nine years old. Anyway, so um, here's a good example of things being, you know, them changing things up and shipping a barrel proof product, um, or or at least at 120. Um, I don't know if that's that's probably not barrel proof. It's like close enough. Yeah. So, uh, interesting change, you know, for I think the average consumer for sure, so.
4: Yeah, I think an extremely smart decision. I mean, yeah. You've seen that trend. I mean, makers released a cash strength. Now you got Beam releasing more cash strengths. So you're gonna you're gonna keep seeing
3: that trend because that's what's hot right now. Yeah. Well, great pick, Brent. Well, listen, we're gonna take another uh, quick break here. We're gonna come right back. We're gonna hear Sparky's uh, top pick for 2015. We'll be right back. hey welcome back to sips suds and smokes today we're talking about our favorite picks for 2015 we've talked about a lot of great stuff so far up next is going to be good old boy sparky with your top pick for 2015
5: thanks mike um so i'm i'm very torn because i love spicy things and uh i'm i'm told i'm broken in that sense so i love rye and i love you know, making cocktails with it. I love the flavors that it adds, but when I'm, when I'm drinking whiskey, I, I too am, uh, I celebrate the wheat apocalypse that is coming and our new wheat overlords. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and for years, for years, I've enjoyed, uh, Weller's products. I think, um, you know, they're very approachable. Um, I actually use the, uh, Weller's special. The standard is aftershave, on a regular basis it's good stuff <laughs> that's that's a real thing um but uh but really weller 12 is uh to me um i mean it's a shame because i used to be able to find uh handles of it on the shelf and now that's getting tougher and tougher to find but um you know it, it's just it's a great uh very mellow very smooth it's always consistent every year it's a fantastic product and I love I love the notes of vanilla toffee in it. And uh, this is kind of weird, but uh, I like smelling the glass afterwards after it's dried up a little bit. You get a lot of vanilla, a lot of oak. It smells like a mm. distillery. If you've ever had the pleasure of being in a uh, a nice bourbon distillery, you really pick up those flavors in a glass. But um, you know, I never mix it with anything else. I don't I don't do water. I'm sorry, Mike, or or ice cubes. I just you know, neat wheat whiskey is great. And, and the strange thing about rye, for me at least, uh, when I drink it neat, pickle juice is the flavor. I, I don't know what that is. Every time, that is what I always get is pickle juice. Um, but I love it in cocktails. You know, if it's an old-fashioned, a Sazerac, whatever, you know, give me rye over bourbon any time. But uh, Weller 12 for the win, as it were.
3: Wow, great choice. And a uh, product that we talked about on the Weeder Showdown. Um And what's really strange for me about this product is just how in short supply this was um, in some markets. I have no idea what people are thinking at Buffalo Trace um, sometimes when they distribute this because you can get it by like the... 50-gallon bucket full in Texas. In Texas. I was in, te- I was in I was in Dallas know.
5: earlier this year, you and there were a- shelves of it. I, I mean, I walked out with, like, pockets and coat <laughs> clanking, you know, they thought I was a wino. So it's but like, uh, a,
3: you know, 175s that you can just walk out, you know, the store. And um, yet in other parts of the country, they haven't seen, like, a drop of Weller 12 in, you know, like a year or two. Um, it's almost like the consumers are redistributing this product for them, you know, at cost. Um, you know, it's, it's really a very strange, you know, situation and, um, it's really unfortunate because, uh, this is really a great product that you picked. Um, and it's what's, what's really interesting. I find that a lot of people I run into and I ask them, you know, what do they miss or what, what do they really enjoy, you know, drinking? This is one thing I, in, I miss, you know, I miss the Weller 12 or I really enjoy the Weller 12, you know, it's the... The one conversation we always come back around to, I guess, I don't know, it's, maybe it's a weeder fest and we just all kind of like, <laughs> you know, feed on each other rather quickly. Hail our
5: new wheat overlords. I That's, agree. Uh, <laughs>
3: yeah. Great choice, So,
1: <laughs> hmm.
2: So somebody told me you have to, you have to mix the... O W A the old Weller antique with the Weller twelve to get the quote unquote poor man's pappy. Poor
5: man's pappy. Yeah, I've yep. done that. It's it's you know I mean I've got all the pappies too. And it, I mean it's it's a fun blend to make. I mean it it really doesn't compare. But I always laugh at people that buy you know three hundred dollar pappy ten and then you know you can buy a thirty yeah. or forty dollar model Weller twelve and laugh at them. That's the same thing. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. definitely. <laughs>
2: So I'm mixing this up at home. I'm going to give it a, the old uh, Pepsi challenge against some uh, some Lot B twelve year.
3: Hmm. Well, uh, I love to uh, read about that. Definitely on the back end of that experiment. So,
0: well, we've tried it. I've tried various proportions, and and it's. It, it doesn't come close. I mean, it's 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 good, but it's it's you know, it's people who think it's alchemy. Oh, they're they're not really making this Weller Twelve. They're just blending this stuff and pumping it out by the gallon. Yeah, good luck with that. Mm. <laughs> well, we've had a great
3: time here uh, talking about our best of products for 2015. Well, you'll actually find a lot of us at some pretty cool whiskey bars. Um, Beast is actually in the New York City area. But we all love some, uh, some great places to go to. Bees, tell us uh, about some places that you really love to hang out.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So for American whiskey is, is a little tough in New York. Um, you know, it, if there's a bottle of antique collection on the shelves, it, it's, it's gone by a couple of uh, hedge fund guys in a, in a night. Um, but there's a little strip uh, in the in the kind of flat iron district in the 20s uh, in Manhattan where you got Maysville, you got Flatiron, and American whiskey. They're all in the 20s on the west side. Those are all, you know, no lack of, of good American whiskeys there. But for my money, if you come to Manhattan, go straight to Keene's Steakhouse. Ooh. This is the coolest place.
4: I do like me some Ooh. Keen's.
2: Um, you know, this is an old uh, uh, last century pipe club. So you used to, the, the, the fashion used to be these porcelain clay pipes that you couldn't carry in your horse's saddlebags because they'd break. So you'd store your pipe at the club. Uh, there was a fire there. So a lot of the old, precious ones got lost. But you've still got like. General McCarthy and Babe Ruth and Vanderbilt, and it's just these pipes lining the ceiling. The whole place is a beautiful is it- old old men's club with pictures of tigers and naked ladies and leather and they have this awesome pub room off to the side and uh just the most outrageous really mostly uh single malts mostly uh, scotch but just a wonderful selection and a great place um that's my favorite did somebody did somebody chime in there
4: <laughs> yeah that's the place with the giant mutton chop right isn't that? that's right
2: oh yeah so good yeah their the specialty sea- is the mutton chop, which you Ow. gotta try as well
0: You can't even see the ceiling for the pipes. The place is its just, it's awesome. The history you can soak up in that place, aside from the good whiskey and the good food. Yeah,
4: last time I was there, I went Brandy Library and then right to Keen's. And oh, man, I was a little hammered after
3: that one. All right, episode (laughs) over. I know we're all meeting after this episode.
2: (laughs) Wow, great choice. Um, Yeah, I had my bachelor party dinner there. It's just like. It's heaven. Mm. I mean, somebody somebody said that's where I want to be buried. I think that might be my spot. Um, but I do want to mention for American whiskey um, up in uh, Mount Kisco, there's a bar called Pour, uh, which is awesome. If you're if if you're, I mean, I would even go up there from Manhattan if you're in town. Uh, he, this guy Anthony, uh, who's who's a friend of mine, has the, the best American whiskey selection in the, in the area, bar none. I mean, by far. Um, actually my i bought a barrel of whiskey this year and it's sitting outside the place so i have a little personal <laughs> investment in it uh but that's a great place as well mm. um and then uh you know there's a lot of a lot of new whiskey places popping up there's a cool place in brooklyn called weeded which is you know for our Wheat mcgetton uh, uh weed extravaganza conversation they're sort of focusing on uh weeded american whiskeys and bourbons and um yeah, you know, a bunch of places popping up, so it's 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 coming. But it's still it's still difficult to. It's not like in Kentucky where you can go to Haymarket or you know the Golden Dollar and 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 just taste all the pappies and all the uh, Buffalo Trace Antique. It's still a bit of a struggle in New York to get uh, to get the really high end bourbon. Mm.
3: Well, speaking of some uh, great places, I've asked for Brent to introduce something very cool we're doing this year on this episode.
1: Well, we have something new this year that we are allowing our listeners. To pick their favorite good sipping zone. So the nominees for 2015 are Mammoth Whiskey Library, Portland, Oregon. Did I get that right? Did I say that right? Multinoma. Multinoma. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, you like, like
3: Multinoma Falls is really too much famous. stag for you. Yeah. It's like the yes. largest uh, freestanding uh, waterfall in the uh, in on North America. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. All I heard was weeded whiskey. <laughs> Great great place, by the way. Uh, yeah, keep going through that list there, Brent.
1: Another one is the, the principal's office in Colorado Springs, Colorado.
3: That one you said correctly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's because he's been to the principal's office a couple of times. <laughs> More than once, I might say. Indeed. And, and uh, Then we have Jack Rose Dining Saloon in uh, Washington, D.C. Ooh. And- oh, oh, Jack Rose. Yeah, that's a classic for everybody. You-, you can't hardly leave the place once you step in, so and uh one of my personal favorites haymarket whiskey bar in louisville kentucky really
0: have have you had a drink there
1: well i might have been drug out of there once or twice you still owe me bail money i think so <laughs> uh so there will be a voting uh, poll posted on our facebook page where you can vote the winner will be announced on facebook february 1st one lucky voter will be picked at random for a 50 dollars gift card at the 2015 Good Sipping Zone. Wow.
3: <clears throat> Sounds pretty awesome. I think we're just going to go to New York. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hang oh, out man. with Beast. Let's do it. Go we, to Keene, yeah. Should we
4: book our tickets right now? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to clear out my calendar.
0: Keene's for a steak, and then maybe hop a train down to Jack Rose. That and- works. Yep. Yeah. Well,
2: well, this is some Jack Rose has the most extensive Willet collection of they, uh, pretty much anywhere in the country.
3: Well, I, uh, I would. Uh, Husk have say that, you know, I have to say, Husk is is uh, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's pretty amazing. So, anyway. Um, Well, this is one of my favorite uh, episodes uh, of the year. Um, We actually get to talk about some things that we're doing on our next season, and I'm I'm really just giddy with all of these cool shows planned. I mean, I just... um, Not only do we get uh, to talk about a lot of cool products, but I really enjoy spending a lot of time with all of our co-hosts, the folks that are here today, some new folks that will be on the show for season four as well. Um, I'm just really pumped. So here are some... uh, Cool things we have planned for uh, season four. Uh, we're going to have a show on bottled and bond. Mm, I love that topic. Uh, we're going to have a high end whiskey show. Uh, some of the things we've actually talked about today, we're we'll actually probably bring back around for the high end whiskey show. Four roses, full inventory, all ten recipes in one episode, blind mm. tasting. Mm, how I about that? Need a that? liver? <laughs> not for sure.
1: Well, uh, can we have your liver? <laughs>
3: Angel's Envy is a product that we'll get to taste all uh, different renditions of Angel's Envy. We'll probably talk a lot about the uh, new distillery. Who knows? Maybe we'll do that on site. How about that? Talk to uh, Wes. Maybe see if he's up for that. Um, And uh, we'll talk about whiskey. It's actually outside of Kentucky or maybe Kentucky and Tennessee. We're still working on some of the development for that show. So, those are a couple of the uh, topics that we'll talk about on season four. We're actually going to get to uh, attend some really great festivals and covering a lot of things at each of those festivals this year, so you'll be able to catch up with us in a lot of great places. Whiskey Obsession in Sarasota, Florida. Whiskey Fest in Chicago. The Whiskey Extravaganza in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. The Nashville Whiskey Festival. The Whiskey Jubilee in New York City. The Kentucky Bourbon Festival. And Whiskey Live in a couple of locations, both in New York City as well as Louisville, will be a couple of the festivals that we'll be attending as well. You guys pumped about Season 4? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I'm going to secretly drop water into every sample of Jason's <laughs> <laughs> <for> Season 4. <laughs> I, need to, I need to elevate your palate, man. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Look, every step above Fireball is a good step in the right direction. We're going to save you. Hey, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> Any other big plans you guys have for uh for season 4 as well? <coughs> Besides the new
5: liver, I hope to get off parole. I think, um, you know, I want to be reintroduced to society. And I just think we need a private driver for uh, twenty sixteen. I
0: agree. I have to get this tracking thing off my ankle, but a <laughs> little vaseline helps to keep that a car thing. that I don't have to blow into to make it start. That would be good. <laughs>
3: oh wow! There you go. Well,
0: it's uh, it's really
3: been a great time on this episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode and catch all of our, uh, all of our stuff online on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, st- Stitcher, Stitcher, YouTube, PRX, and Spreaker. Our native media host. <laughs> iTunes, and our own Android app are the easiest ways to enjoy the show on your phone. Just search out SIP, Suds, and Smokes on iTunes or in the Google Play Store we love your feedback as well, and you can reach us online anytime at info at Sipsudsandsmokes.com. Many of our hosts have their own emails. You can reach Jason at Jason at Sipsudsandsmokes.com. Sparky at Sparky at Sipsudsandsmokes.com. Made Man Bob, Made man Bob at Sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter every single day, and you can reach us on Twitter at Sipsudssmoke is our Facebook page. It is definitely always buzzing with lots of news. Do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. That's a great big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. We really enjoyed uh, some special guests with us today. Definitely, um, Bob and uh, Brent, if you take a moment, tell us a little bit about the Bourbon Mafia. There is no mafia. What are you talking about? I know people, no people
0: that so you ought to know. Well, the Bourbon Mafia is a nonprofit organization composed of high-end bourbon enthusiasts and members of the spirits and service industry. Uh, With representation in 10 states, the group raises money for local and national charities through railroad bottle auctions and other bourbon-themed events. Great group of guys. Absolutely. Bob, thank you for joining us today. Always a pleasure. Thank you. And Brent, thank you for joining us for
3: this episode. Thanks for having me. Absolutely beast uh has a really fabulous blog he and his wife blog about whiskey and i really enjoy reading about this all the time beast why don't you tell us a little bit about your blog and how we can catch up with you in the future
2: yeah thanks mike well this has been an awesome year it's my first year joining the sip suds and smokes and i've gotten to do three episodes now so it's been super fun and thank you for inviting me um our blog is Smoky Beast, uh, www.smokybeast.com. You can spell it right with just a Y, or you can spell it wrong with the EY. You'll still get there. Um, and we actually just launched a new arm of Smoky Beast we're doing uh, Mezcal as our new thing this year so uh, we, we're very pleased to have uh, Jake Cahill a new guy joining us and writing uh, Mezcal reviews and it's kind of a cool upcoming new spirit but um, yeah we're on uh, you know Facebook Smokey Beast Twitter Instagram you really can't miss us if you type Smoky Beast in anywhere just go out on the street and shout it you know we'll, you'll we'll come crashing down your door well good a
3: boy Jason thank you for being here good to be here And good old boy Sparky, thanks for joining us for this episode. My pleasure. Well, this is good old boy Mike thanking you for joining us. Please come back, join us once again, and I'll ask you to keep on sipping.
0: This has been a one-tan-hand production of Sip Suds, and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the
4: good old boys, we'll see y'all next time.